Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Good morning. Last couple weeks, we've been talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the actual death, the actual burial, and the actual resurrection of Jesus, and we're going to continue to do that. But if you will turn with me to 1 Corinthians 1, we're going to see why we are doing this, why we're spending the time. 1 Corinthians 1.17, this is Paul speaking, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. This is what Paul did, and this is what God sent Paul to do, and this is what Jesus sent Paul to do. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with, wisdoms of, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. That's what Dole said just a little bit ago. Verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them. Notice, the preaching of the cross and the preaching of the gospel is the same thing. So when you're referring to the cross, you're referring to the gospel. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. The preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the gospel, if it's foolishness to you, you have your diagnosis. You're perishing. For the preaching of the gospel to them that perish foolishness, but to us which are saved, it is the power of God. One of the translations says that are being saved. Being saved. For us that are being saved, it is the power of God. The ability of God. What are we here for? What are we serving God for? We want everything that he has purchased for us. We want everything that he has made for us. And what does that come through? It comes through the power of God, and it comes through the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Right here, it says, but for us that are being saved, the gospel is, is the power of God, the ability of God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. We are going to look at the actual definition of what the gospel is. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. This is Paul again speaking. He's declaring unto us the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also I have, you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all. That which I also received, and here is the definition, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to, according to the scriptures. That is the definition of the gospel. You know, I had a woman one time that, that God sent me to give give something to, and I handed her, I actually handed her some money, and I didn't know it at the time, but the woman did not have a washing machine, and she had no way of getting one. Well, I happened, God sent me to her with a, with a amount of money, and it was exactly what she, she needed. You know, she looked at me, and she said, I'm a believer, and I said, well, what do you believe in? You know, she had no answer. Amen. She just said, I'm a believer. Well, what do you believe? If you're a believer, what do you believe? Right here tells you what you need to believe, that Jesus died, that he was buried, and that he rose again. Now, last week, we talked about Jesus on the cross. 
Today we're going, to fo- we're going to look at what happened to Jesus after he died. But we're going to begin in John 19.30, where we left off last week. John 19.30. When Jesus therefore, and this is Jesus on the cross. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. Everything that he needed to do on the cross was finished. Everything he needed to accomplish for our salvation on the cross was accomplished. And when he accomplished it, he said, it is finished. And if you will look, he did not say it is finished until everything he needed to do on the cross was done for you and I. For you and I. So then it said, and he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. He gave up the ghost. Now, where did Jesus go? His body dead on the cross, but where did this spirit and the soul of Jesus go? And you look at me and you say, spirit and soul? I thought we only had a body and soul. I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to read you 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And it says, and the very God of peace, This is Paul speaking to the Thessalonians. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body. Three, spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. Now, we know the body of Jesus stayed on the cross. Where did the spirit and soul of Jesus go? Well, Acts will tell us that. Let's go to Acts 2. This is Peter preaching. And he's preaching right after he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to begin in verse 22. This is Peter. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you. By miracles and signs and wonders, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Notice that word foreknowledge. God knew exactly what was going to happen. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God has raised up having loosed the pains of death. Because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh shall rest in hope. 27, because I will not leave my soul in hell. Look at that verse. Because thou will not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thou suffer thine holy one to to see corruption. Let's read on a little bit more. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou hast made me full of joy with thy countenance. And this is Peter back again. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would rise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell Neither his flesh did see corruption. His soul, his soul was not left in hell. You know what this means? There is a hell. There is a hell. You might have been taught that there wasn't one, 
But the word of God is truth. And Jesus says the word of God cannot be broken. There is a hell. There is a hell. You know, I have someone that I know that God spoke to them one day and said, you not, and God, this is God speaking to the person. You not only believe, didn't believe there was a hell, you didn't believe you might go there. There is a hell. Now, let's take a look at hell. Let's go to, um, let's go to Luke 16. Jesus went to hell. Let's see where he went. This is Luke 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man with was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. This is not a parable because this man has a name. His name is Lazarus. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man died also and was buried. And look at this next verse. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. The rich man is in hell. Now notice, verse 24, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now we know hell has flame. Now we know that this man is tormented. This man doesn't have a body. This is his soul and spirit in hell. Notice, he lifted up his eyes. So in hell, you have eyes. Notice he has a tongue because he's asked that a dip of a touch of water be on his tongue because he's so tormented. You have a tongue in hell. Notice that he's in torment. He's in flames. He's in flames. This is hell. All right, let's continue. Verse 24, and he cried saying, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember thou in thy lifetime, receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So they which would pass from thence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. 27, this is the rich man in hell. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he test, may testify unto them, lest they come into this place of torment. Of torment. Notice, the rich man in hell knows he's got five brothers and knows they're still alive. Amen. Do you see the picture of hell here? The rich man knew he had family still alive. He knew where he was in torment. He's so tormented, he's asking for anything that his brothers don't go there. That his brothers won't come there. Please send somebody so my brothers won't come here. Do you hear this? This is hell. Let's finish. 29, Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear then. 
And he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, they will repent. Notice, they will repent. This rich man here knew he did something wrong. He knew he did something wrong because he said, if you'll send somebody, my brothers will repent. I didn't. And now look where I am. I'm in hell. And what was Abraham's answer? He said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. Guess who's sharing this story of Lazarus? The man not only that created hell, but the man that knows he's going there. He's going there. And he's telling these people what hell is like, knowing he's going to go there. Friend, you don't want to go there. Because if you go there, you won't come out. There is no such word in the truth of the word of God that says there is ultimate reconciliation. None. Why would God send his only beloved son to hell if there is ultimate reconciliation? It wouldn't have been worth it. He wouldn't have done it. Friends, you don't want to go there. Jesus said you must be born again. Why go somewhere that somebody has already paid for you not to? It is simple to miss hell. And I like to think one of the jobs that God has given me is to depopulate the place. Why go there when somebody has paid for you not to? Why do you want to pay for it twice? Jesus said you must be born again. And how are you born again? How do you miss that place? Romans 10, 13 says, He who calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered, will be saved. What do you do? Thank Jesus that he went there for you. Thank him. Call on his name and you'll miss the place. We're going to finish with Water of Life boys. They're going to come up and sing for us the anointing. They're going to minister the anointing while they sing. Call on the name of Jesus and be saved. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.